I'm Liz Toombs, owner of PDR Interiors and your host for Sorority Chat, the podcast where we talk all things Greek housing, decorating, and beyond. Welcome back, everybody. Today is kind of a different episode. It's episode 10, and so we were going to take this moment to introduce you to some more of the team members here at PDR. So today, our special guest is Miss Erica Ross, um, based in Louisville. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Liz. Thanks for being on. Also, it is a bad habit of mine that I always want to call you Erica Willamy. I always want to call you by your maiden name, and I have to be like, Ross. I'll always be a little place for Willamy in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I just That's why it caught in my, in my throat there. So... Yeah, we just um, here at PDR just wanted you guys to be able to get to know us a little bit better. And we want to talk a little bit more about um, kind of the drivers behind us working with the Greek industry and talk to you a little bit about some of the things that we do and um, just have a fun little conversation today. I'm excited. Um, So Erica, give everybody a little bit of background on kind of how long you've been around, just all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm Erica Ross, like she said, I have been with the company now for, what is it, seven years. Um, so I came on crazy, right? <laughs> I know, it does seem so weird. It's it's yeah. great, but it's like time flies, but also it feels like it hasn't been that long. Right, like when I think back to projects when I first came on, I'm like, that was 15 years ago, but mm-hmm. then it feels like a blink at the same time. But so yeah, I uh, interned with Liz and PDR um, through college, and she brought me on right after graduating. Um, and so I was the first full-time employee, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was kind of a cool transition where I was able to just seamlessly stay on with the company, and it was just wonderful. Um, so I mainly focus on the Greek side of things, and that is the majority of our business. Um, so that's kind of my baby. I've done quite a different, quite a long list of different things with the company over the years. Used to do um, social media. We did a blog in the past, just kind of woman of many different hats, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the fun thing about a smaller company is that you get to try a little bit of everything and see where you best fit. Um, So I'm here in Louisville. I was also born and raised here. And so was Miss Liz, if you didn't know that. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, so I hold down the fort here. Uh, at the Louisville office and then Liz is in Lexington. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And you were so right about the, the many hats because as the owner, it's the same for me, you know, at one time, everything that happened was me doing it. And then you came on and joined me and took some of those things and I, you know, did some other stuff. And then as things have progressed and we've realized that's not how you need to spend your time. You don't need to write a blog. You don't need to manage the social media. We've brought in some additional people on contract to take care of that. And I think that's been really helpful just to free you up to focus on helping the clients. Yep. I agree. And even things like accounting, like everything over the years where you just realize like, this Mm -hmm. is going to give me more of a headache and I can't focus, you know, on the clients, which is who deserves our focus. Mm -hmm. It's really well that way. Yeah, I agree. Accounting is the bane of my existence and I adore our CPA because he just makes it so much easier on us everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will input the invoice and send that off. And then that's where my accounting stops. Yep. Mm-hmm. But what's important about being a small business owner or involved in a small business is you have to know how to do everything 
so that if you have to pick it up, you're able to do it. But um, it doesn't mean that you always have to be the one to do it just because you're aware of how it functions. Yep. And then I think it's helpful to where like, as we bring more and more people on, like you said, we have done everything. So we can Mm -hmm. still be the ones to teach things and Mm -hmm. then kind of grow and bring on more and more and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So what Erica did not tell you, because she's very humble, is that she is effectively my right arm most days, always (laughs) has been. Um, And so a lot of times I'll call her and, you know, bounce ideas off of her. Just it's just nice to get to talk to somebody else and get out of your own head for a second, because we do work remotely. Um, I have some folks here in the Lexington office with me some days, but, you know, everybody has remote capability. And sometimes when you're on that little island by yourself, you just need to talk to somebody else and get some feedback, right? Yep. And just having new eyes on a project, especially like when you've just been in the zone all day working on something, you're like, I can't look at one more light fixture. I need somebody else to say, here's what I'm thinking, you know, and then you're like, wait, why didn't I think of that from the first place? So it's just really nice to be able to bounce back and forth like that. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, we work in tandem really well and have for years. And I think a really good example of that is when we came up with our online course back in 2020. Um, So for those of you who don't know, I've mentioned it a couple times in some past episodes just in passing, but we have an online course called Interior Decorating 101 Sorority Edition. And it was specifically developed to um, serve the house core boards, the locally run house core boards that are trying to manage their houses and are considering updates of varying sizes. Um, But they're a board that is capable of making selections and they enjoy making the selections. They may just not understand the most efficient and effective way to approach it because it's not something they do every day. So then what Erica and I sat down and did is I just sort of brain dumped onto her and said, here are all of the things that we we do, we would like to share with people. And then she took, sifted through that, um, made videos, made checklists, put all of that content together and then put that inside the course. Um, and that took you a while. You worked on that for quite a while. Yes. It was definitely a labor of love. We kind of just worked really hard on tweaking it to make sure that it was the most like user-friendly version of what we do because you can kind of get in the weeds with all of the you know terminology and we're like how can we make this just as simple for people to get truly what they need and like you said it's for people that are already interested in this like I can't tell you how many projects we've been on where they're like gosh you must just love your job and I would love to do something like that I just don't know how to you know measure appropriately or take the photos in the best way and you know catalog everything so that the board 10 years from now knows what I picked and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing Um, and a lot of times what can happen too is things are selected like I said when the you know board is made up of one group of people and all they had money for at that time was a sofa and a rug and then a couple years later we want another matching sofa but we don't remember where we got that one you know Mm -hmm. so just kind of honing it all in and saying, here's exactly how you should do this. You know, if you can try to wait until you can do the entire room at one time, even if it's just cosmetic, doesn't have to be moving walls around or anything crazy. Um, But just giving them the tools that they need to do that on their own so that then their style and things like that can shine through the things that they already, you know, have an eye for. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that institutional memory is very helpful because when you're made up of volunteers, some of that information drops off and you're constantly starting over if there's any turnover on the board. And, you know, and that happens too. Like if you've had people on the board for 10, 20 years, and then those people go away, if there's not good records, just like you're saying, nobody knows where to get stuff. So this kind of helps you keep organized for the project and then you can keep it after the fact. Um, you know, I talked about it, we created it in 2020. And I think part of it being birthed at that point um, had to do with the uncertainty of COVID in terms of were people going to be able to afford to do these projects in the future with hiring full-time help uh, like us, full service help. And if they weren't, then here was a way that we could help for a fraction of the cost and guide them to to go through it themselves. And, you know, just I think that was was helpful for people to know that it's out there. Uh, We have a lot of people that will call us thinking that that's what they want. And then in the end, um, they're like, can you just come and do it? Can you do it instead? (laughs) Right. And we want people to know that, of course, we will always be there to do that. You know, it's not our way of transitioning. It's just that there's people with all different types of needs. And mm-hmm. if there's going to be a house score board that is like, no matter what, we are, want to be the ones to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why not hand over the tool book? Like we're not gatekeeping secrets over here. We want mm-hmm. you to know how to do it. So that's the the coolest thing about it, I think. And like you said, it can be a repeated process. So it's not like you get it for, you know, a week and then it's gone. It disappears. Mm-hmm. You own that forever. And you can go back in two years from now when you've got another update to do and say, you know, let's try this again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what's your favorite part personally on with doing these types of projects now that you've done a lot of them? Yes. So I would say in general, I like loved obviously getting to just go around the country and travel so much for it. Yeah. See so many different universities and meet different people along the way. But uh-huh. I feel like definitely of like as far as the project standpoint, it's getting to um I don't know, breathe life back into these houses where, Mm -hmm. you know, first of all, they're just so full of like memories and stories for all of these people where you just don't want to mess anything up in terms of you don't want to come in and flip it upside down and have somebody that's a 30 year alum say, I don't recognize this place at all. It doesn't feel like the, the house that I remember. So what we love to do is incorporate, you know, the historic pieces and the sideboard that was gifted 25 years ago and keep that there and then also incorporate it with the new items. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love getting to see, you know, if we are there to see people's reactions, which was not all the time. It's so fun to just see Mm -hmm. or since it's a video, you know, and we're just like, Oh, like they really, they've waited so long. It hasn't been touched in 10, 15, 20 years. And now here's this gorgeous space that they get to, you know, make more memories in. Yeah, I agree with the the seeing the reactions when they get to come in. And you're right, we're not there very often, but it is so special when someone does send us a video or send us, you know, like they're crying, they're smiling, they're jumping on the furniture for a minute because they're so <laughs> excited. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, do you remember that show, um, Extreme Home Makeover? Oh, yeah. And they would be like, move that bus. Like, it's like that moment when everybody sees it for the first time and gets to come in. And so um, I do think it's really special, especially if the class coming in knew what the property looked like before, because usually it's in major need of an update or they're getting a huge upgrade to the house with a renovation or getting a new house. And so it's cool to be a part of that, I think. 
And it's like, they're so deserving. Like they've just been waiting so long to do it. And Mm -hmm. another favorite part is that they get to collaborate with us. Mm -hmm. We don't just come marching in with, here's exactly what we think needs to be in there. We want to hear from them first. What is working for you all? What is not working more importantly? Um, you know, how is the space flowing? How can we make this a better feel and fit for the chapter now? Mm-hmm. You know, these women that are living in it now that will most likely benefit for years to come, even though, you know, they will graduate and move on. It'll still be year after year. And so that's just really fun for them to say, you know, like this art that's actually behind us in this house. Yeah. They came to, that was one of the things that they specifically said. They wanted these older style letters mm-hmm. and we said we'll make it happen we got with a local artist and she created them and printed them just for this project so just cool things like that yeah i do think the collaboration side is is cool because that is more along the lines of what we do with our residential clients because yes. they have to really guide us and we have to understand their preferences and when you get into an environment like the sorority world there's a lot of people involved so you can't get everybody's opinion but if you can have some of those main decision makers or representatives from different um, classes, alumni, people like that, if you can get that representation and then we can collaborate with them, then it's a success. And we feel like we're supplying them with what they need and want. And they feel the buy-in because they've been talked to and consulted about what's going into the house. Yep. And that was another um, point that we made in the course to make sure Mm -hmm. to say, you know, go back to the chapter members and ask them on the front end, just the same things like we would do, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's when you get the pushback is, you know, if the house court comes in and they say, okay, here's all this stuff we've picked. And they say, no, 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 we, we didn't want to go back in with a a sectional. We wanted a sofa this time or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. they've requested. But even if it's just a Pinterest board that they've put inspiration, it doesn't mean you need to go in and select, you know, all of the all white furniture that they've asked for. If there's something, you know, off the wall, then you can kind of tailor it. But at least they've had their buy in and they've, you know, been listened to. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also in a perfect world what the housing office at headquarters wants and what the alumni want and what the students want aligns but we are rarely in a perfect world and sometimes there are a lot of factors that play into what each entity's preferences are and so we just kind of have to get down to the basics of those and figure out how we can compromise and get everybody the majority of what they want I guess and and make it work for everyone. And I feel like the most important is like what is going to do the best for the organization in the long run and not just these specific chapter members or these specific, you know, people at, at headquarters or anything like that. It's like what is best for long term and you know, like you said, compromise and make the most most people happy. It's like we're putting together a puzzle because then you're also factoring in what's competitive on campus and, um, you know, what chapter culture is and all of those things. But when you have it turning over every four years and it's changing some, that that just makes it um, a little bit more of a mystery on how to approach it the best, I think. Yes. And it's so funny how sometimes people will say it's it's rare that people think this, but they'll say, oh, you work with sororities, you know, everywhere. So do you just put all in all the same things at every Gamma Phi Beta house and every Alpha Chi house? And we say, absolutely not. First of all, you know, each campus culture is so different based on the part of the country that they're in, you know, mm-hmm. first of all. And then each organization is different, each specific chapter, like they all want very different things. So that would be silly to just be able to put, you know, a blanket here's all the same stuff. We're going to ship it out this summer. You know, it doesn't work like that. So yeah. Just- Every house is so wildly different too. You know, you never know yes. how it will fit in or you can't just pick it up. It's just like moving from a, 
personal home into a new one. You can't just take everything as it was and sit it. You can probably use everything. You just have to figure out new ways to use it and incorporate it. Again, just like a puzzle. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. It's like solving a mystery. I also joke that we need a psychology degree too a little bit with all of our clients. The, you know, you're, you're dealing with preferences with personal homeowners and, you know, you've got family members that have differing opinions. And then it's certainly like this with when you have committees to serve too. <clears throat> the married couples, you know, just like on HGTV, what is it? Um, house hunters. They're like, mm-hmm. he wants to live by the beach and he wants to live in the city. What will they do? Like you just have to somehow join mm-hmm. and figure out okay, what do we really want in this space? And let's pick out our top priorities and then maybe, you know, adjust on some other things. Yes. I'm glad that our projects are not made for TV though, with all that built-in drama. We don't need all that. No, there's enough behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, there's enough things, enough things to answer. You're right. That's true. Um, where's your favorite project, like location, what campus or what state? Hmm. Well, Montana's always up there. I just hmm. love Montana has a place in our heart. I think because it was so unexpected, at least for me, I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, Cool. we'll get to go there and we were just blown away by the weather the people the scenery everything about it was just unbelievable uh-huh. um anywhere in california is just you know wonderful again because it's so different than here like we're very used to our you know kentucky indiana tennessee ohio all kind of the same same type vibe um so just di- getting to see different places and how different again the people are and what is important to them versus yeah. here they're going to have a, a lot bigger emphasis on the patio living because they can utilize it three-fourths of the year here we're like oh you get about a month when you move in for school and then a little bit you know in the spring and that's it so mm-hmm. they're not putting these huge amounts of money into their outside patio we just want to give them what they what they can use but yeah so just that kind of thing but yeah i would say montana is probably number one what about you yeah, Montana is also number one in my heart. Um, yeah. It Yes, it's been a great one. We've done a couple of projects there and been able to take some time just to personally enjoy the the state as well. Um, that So there's just great memories. I've also not threatened my friends that said that if my husband ever dies, I'm moving to the mountains of Montana and you can just come <laughs> and visit me there. I'm just going to hole up in a shack by myself, I guess, with my dogs. <laughs> That's the other thing. A very dog-friendly town. Just everything yes. about it is just amazing. Yes. Yeah. To be clear, I'm also not rooting for Billy Toombs to die. I'm just saying, if something happens and I'm alone, that's where I'm he going. can go with you. You can take <laughs> oh, him. He, but he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want a winter in Montana, and I'm willing yeah. to give it a go. So we have. There you go. One wants to be in the mountains. One wants to be in the city. That's your <laughs> HGTV moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that was good. Um, I really love Athens, Georgia, as well. Not so much from the um, scenery necessarily, but just the campus is great. I think um, just the the city life there, just everything about kind of the vibe in that town is cool. And yeah. uh, we've been working on a project there for a couple of years now that we'll go and install soon. And so maybe that's it too, is, you know, when we have projects that have been with us for that long, it's yeah. just becomes a part of us. And then it's a little bit like Christmas when we get to show up and install it and see it. Yeah. Um, we finally see our vision realized. And so that's always exciting too. Especially there's been a few projects like that with COVID where we went and visited, I want to say like 
2019 mm-hmm. you know, in hopes of installing in 2020 and then everything got halted. So now we're going back to a few for the first time in truly three years. So yeah. to see that, it really will be like Christmas morning to go back and be like, wow, okay, this is a long time coming and we've got everything. Well, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of those that comes to mind was Yukon. You went and scoped the project and did all the measuring and gathered all the information, it got halted because of COVID. And then now I'm going next week to install it. Uh, yeah. So I'll send you all the pictures and and you can see it. But, you know, you were talking about projects that you did at the beginning of your career here, feeling like forever ago. I feel like projects in 2019 feel like forever ago because so many things have changed since then. It's true. And that's the thing. And we were even, it's funny because it, the way that it hit right before you know march 2020 we had already placed a lot of our orders and everything for that season so Mm -hmm. it didn't affect us much until even now we're still dealing with the extreme furniture delays and so many different supply chain issues Mm -hmm. logistics everything we all know you know what's going on in this crazy world right now but it was kind of weird because that first summer we were like, we didn't really get affected by it because we were lucky enough to get our orders in. And then we were out traveling and finished those projects and just felt so lucky to be able to get at least those finished before mm-hmm. everything was truly, you know, shut down. And then there was all these questions about, you know, the sorority life in general and just everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then now that that has come back and settled down and, and universities are in good shape, you're right. It's just the, the daily challenge of, logistics and supply chain and what that looks like. And I know our approach has just been to be as completely transparent and communicative with clients as possible, because I know um, when we're in the client position, you know, we're dealing with a vendor, we're dealing with a freight company. And if they're not communicative with us, we get so frustrated. And I just, I tell people, you need to manage my expectations, or I just need to understand what's going on. You can't just stonewall and say it's delayed or I don't have an answer. Like it's, we need the whys. like you have to tell us the whys. And so um, we've been having a lot of conversations like that with our clients and um, they seem to be well received. I mean, no one is happy, including us that things are delayed and that we have question marks. I want everything to be tied up with a bow and perfectly planned, but best of luck friends, that's not going to happen. And the way we kind of with it a lot is, many projects are now just sort of in phases. So it's like, here's everything we have for now. We don't want to leave you hanging because we're waiting on two or three pieces that are another six weeks out. Let's Mm -hmm. get you set up with everything that we can get a hold of right now. Mm -hmm. And then we'll keep working with you because we did used to be very much, you know, tied up in a bow. We're going to be in there for two days. It will be a transformation 100%, you know, overnight basically. Mm -hmm. And we still do that a lot, but not, you know, there's going to be a couple pieces pretty much at every project that they're just got lost in the ocean. It's being held up and, you know, just all kinds of craziness. Yeah. So, the stragglers. Yeah. I do appreciate the client's understanding because the more people have dealt with this, they realize there's literally nothing you can do. And as yeah. long as we are sharing that information, that's all, that's all we can ask. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, talking about working in phases too, I'm seeing it a lot now where if there's construction that's happening as well as updating furnishes, furnishings, I should say, it's almost like they go ahead and they do the construction parts, like the paint, the flooring, if you are renovating, get that part done. And then you can kind of come back as part two and do the furnishings. Um, Or, you know, if you have the money up front, go ahead and get it all into motion, but your, your construction is probably going to finish before your furniture. 
um, comes in, you know, yep. again, in a perfect world, but those prices for construction are off the rails right now too. I was going to say with budget. So then if you got something priced two years ago, that is completely different now. So how much do we really have left for furniture? Do we need to keep some of the pieces that you have that we thought we were going to be able to start fresh? You know, that's probably going to have to wait a year and we'll just mm-hmm. come in and do some, you know, finishing touches, that kind of thing. But that's the great thing is that we can work in so many different ways. Like it's not like we say, I'm sorry, everything has to go. We have to bring everything new. We can easily work with what you've got and add to. So it's really not an issue. Yeah, I agree. We're not unreasonable in that regard. We understand there are finite amounts of money and there are deadlines and there are things that have to happen. And, you know, sometimes that boiler system or HVAC breaks down on you in the middle and you have to be like, sorry, Liz and Erica, we can't buy that sofa that we thought we had, you know, we have to go repair this. So all of that, all of that totally makes sense. And um, yeah, I just think, I, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting world that we're living in, but I do appreciate how collaborative all of our Greek clients are because typically if we have worked on a property once, then we become the go-to to come in for everything little or big going forward on the project. And it's so cool just to go back year after year and get to work on it and update it in different ways. I agree. I like kind of like being a part of the house's story where, you know, mm-hmm. they, they know to come to us, like we'll just ask them and we shoot them off an answer real quick, you know, again, mm-hmm. not anything over here, we will always share everything um, and just have that catalog for you. So it's just nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for making time to come on and let everybody get to know a little bit more about you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we will see you guys or talk to you guys depending on how you listen next week.